0: Welcome, 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 welcome to F1 with DRS. Jethro, as you can see, we have merch. his Wobby Wob sent you? Can we afford postage to England? We can, but I know he's coming to town. Oh, right. Let's save, yeah, let's save those five, six bucks. Yeah, there's a hoodie, <laughs> there's a tank, and there's a tee. Matt, as you can see, is in the T. am in the tank solely because I was certain Charlie Curtis would wear his tank top. Yeah. And, and he is wearing a tank top. It's but kind it, of a bummer. But it's not an F one tank no, top. And your explanation, as we just heard, was you had woken up at four four? Just wasn't at operating at full full speed this morning. Why were you up at four did you say four fifteen or four forty five? Was up at four. Oh okay. um, left at about four forty five. Okay, for what? I just like clients early this morning. Oh my god. What's the earliest time someone will train? Like Five or six. That is yeah. wild. That's yeah. psycho. And is the person like the CEO of a Fortune five hundred? Is it justifiable or you know, are they just an early bird? One
3: of my earliest is six AM and it's a he's twelve years old and he gets his mom to
0: truck him down oh, there before yeah. school. Oh, cool. Every morning. What is it like to hang with a well, I don't know what kind of um client confidentiality you have, but it's it's been I'm forty eight. It's been thirty six years since I hung out with a twelve year old boy
3: uh it's great he otherwise had never been into the gym or sports anything so uh-huh. it's super fun that he's so stoked about it he wrote a little things he's proud of and it was that he does this routine so it was, it's very rewarding <laughs> also having two boys who couldn't care any less about what i have to say of course, <laughs> you know he yeah. thinks i'm cool and so it's like this is great <laughs> yeah ego boost in the yeah morning.
0: Well, Jethro had a different strategy, so he's got about 15, 16 kids, and was that in hopes that one of them would think you were cool?
1: I just wanted one of them to be rich. I didn't care about the food (laughs) factor. That's
0: that's clever. I'm just playing
1: the odds. I'm just playing the
0: odds. Yeah, your ego wasn't in the mix. It was just simple survival when you reach your was.
2: At this point, do you see that one has a high potential for that? Who are you betting on?
1: It's tricky these days, isn't it? Because you just don't know where the world's going. But if I had to bet... So, my girl is got the golden thing of being good at most things and having a work ethic whereas the mm. boys are sort of a bit more chill so i think she's she's probably got the best shot but also she's the most likely to disown me when she's like 18 <laughs> and just uh think i'm so uncool that she can't possibly be a part of my life so yeah i don't know where i'm gonna go but I've i've got four i guess there's always another one down the road
0: Kristen and I were watching 60 Minutes last night. They were doing a story about AI and like what things are Mm. coming online now. And it was- Oh my God. It was a terrifying, it took two segments to tell this story. But, you know, in essence, I guess there's this very famous, it's attributed to Hemingway. It's like a six word story. And it says like, baby shoes for sale, never worn. That was the Hemingway story, right? Like there's so much in there. And then they give that to the AI and ask it to write a short story, which it does this beautiful short story talking all about this woman who couldn't conceive, blah, blah, blah. Then this poem, the poem will bring a tear to your eye. It wrote both things in one second. And Kristen said, do you think we need to be like steering the girls towards working in this Mm. arena? And I said, it would be pointless to try to even imagine what this yep. all means. I mean, that's literally where we're at. Where, are like, I think in four years, we're going to look back. Even at the end of the segment, Scott Pelley said, we're going to say on this right now, which will probably become a thing in the future. This entire segment was 100% human produced. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, this is also freaky. And I said, and also, what do we train the girls to do? Ideally, when AI takes over, they're going to do every fucking thing, and we're going to be like a leisure society that yeah. hangs out socially. Your skills are like how good of a hang you are, <laughs> and how do you prepare a kid for that? So who fucking knows where it's going? That's
1: the thing; it's scary. You got no clue. And there was, um, there was the music thing, wasn't there? With Drake and The Weekend? Did you see oh, that? Oh yeah, there was a crazy AI song uh, with Drake and The Weekend, and it was just completely AI, it sounded like Drake, sounded like The Weeknd, you know, fully produced, track, done, all in AI. In one second.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of boggling. I was saying to Kristen, like, you know, um, imagine going back 15 years and and trying to, with your apex creativity at your disposal, guess what the phone was gonna become. You couldn't, you couldn't have thought like, yeah, I'll hit a button on my phone, food will arrive. I'm gonna hit a button and a car will come pick me up and take me somewhere. Uh, it required like five of the biggest breakthroughs and inventions to come up with those ideas. You couldn't have yeah. sat and even conceived of it. So it's like this thing that's happening where we're now the second smartest thing on the planet yeah. is so how on earth could we predict what something smarter than us is going to do? It's yeah. not possible.
3: I remember that first iPhone and just the touch screen and how accurate I was like this is completely insane and it wasn't used for anything <laughs> right, like typing. no banking and no yeah I mean, Ordering food, any of that, and thinking that it was insane. I'm like, ah, this can't last. And now it's just,
2: it's everywhere. I've been playing with AI for hours every day. You At least an hour every day.
0: You're doing an hour day. It was funny
2: because Ryan came by to pick up some lighting because his daughter had to shoot something. And I was like, what's the thing that she's doing? And he told me the subject. And I was like, give me two seconds. I wrote... (laughs) Write this in the words of a 10-year-old that has never been, it was about like a city or whatever. Yeah. And, but she was doing it as a host. And within four seconds, there was a perfectly written in the voice of a 10-year-old child description on South Dakota. I don't think he used it, but he was kind of blown away by like four seconds. It's done and wildly accurate. Like I couldn't imagine being a child and being able to do this. I know there's ways to cross-reference so like kids can get in trouble for it now. Yeah. But-
0: it's well, wild. yeah, it's going to need a separate AI in a yeah. classroom to figure out what was AI generated. Yeah, it's, it's unknowable. No one's going to do anything ever again. Yep. Um, shortly, this podcast will be done by four much better hosts. That's sound- <laughs> what I was <laughs> going to say. That's, <laughs>
1: that's an issue. It's a real issue. That have seen
0: every single car go through every single turn in Formula One history at yep. all times in their mind. We're going to be and can smart. pull from it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here we are on um, week two of this forced vacation that no one asked for that makes no sense that doesn't correspond with any seasons or holidays it's just here for no reason and we hate mm-hmm. it but alas things are still happening even without any action on the track i'll start with i highly recommend following suzy wolf on instagram mm. which i now do <laughs> first of all she's so beautiful she's such a natural timeless beauty yeah good for toto She's obviously a baller. She's high up in the FIA. She's a gangster by all accounts. But all of those things pale in comparison to the fact that she is posting occasionally shirtless photos of Toto, which I didn't think I'd ever be privileged enough to see on the beach nonetheless on the beach he's swinging one of his lucky children around and his well let's let you charlie describe his physique maybe in a clinical sense
3: i mean it's very working class i thought like <laughs> well, like wow, like great. he uses wow. his body well <laughs> yeah. more like he's he's using it he's I not, agree. he's Clearly lifting active. Some things. Mm. He's lifting because he needs to.
0: Yeah. He's- It's all functional.
3: Yeah, it's all functional.
0: He's quite lean. He's like leaner mm-hmm. than I would normally aim to be.
3: He's very lean. But
0: it looks phenomenal on him. So good it made me think, am, have I chosen the wrong <laughs> lane? He just, as you say, it looks like that's just from his- yeah. lifestyle his shoulders are great there's yeah. plenty of muscle definition he keeps himself very thin
3: it doesn't seem like he's spending time in the gym he's he's, he's in that garage working on things yeah. he's
0: got two broomsticks for legs yeah. yep and i was thinking too like i i am so insecure about my legs and photos i've dedicated the last two years of my exercise exclusively to my legs and i'm looking at him in the in this short swinging the kid around and i'm like I don't even care about those legs. Didn't even notice them. Don't give a fuck. Look at those shoulders. And the and back. The back look. Great.
3: And also shout out to Susie for that angle because yeah, you know <laughs> you don't often get from your from your wife the greatest body picture and she nailed mm. it.
0: Well, it makes me mid-toss. think she adores him the way we yeah. do, which yeah. is so great. <laughs> just
3: mid toss with that kid, just yeah. everything popping. He she got it.
0: There was also another photo I sent around. I want to say it was him on a jet ski. I've already forgotten what. Well, what activity he was doing doesn't matter. You know he was wake surfing. Oh yes, yep.
3: yes, this yeah, motherfucker right. can wake surf. Of course.
0: And he, I guess he had a uh, he had a little jacket on, you know, yeah, a little okay, buoyancy yeah. compensator. But then you just had arms, deltoids, trapezias. and it was all just very defined. And you're right, Charlie looked very utilitarian. Yep, mm. yep.
3: And he just passed the uh, billion. Mm. Yeah. dollar
0: mark. We saw that he made Forbes 2023 list of sports billionaires. He's sharing the title with LeBron James, tighter, which, which I think he's 20 times more wealthy than Horner. Oh, that's great! <laughs> is yeah, that right?
2: that's funny. That must eat him away.
1: Eat away. <laughs> <laughs> Taller. I wonder if, to, if is Toto AI though? Oh, is he ooh. actually a real human being?
0: Really, he's a really he's good a billionaire.
1: Question. You know, Charlie's saying he's got a great physique. You, Dax just adores him. Everything he does up to now has basically turned to gold. He could be the AI guy.
0: You are asking a really good question. Like, what other amazing thing could he have going on in his life before we finally go? He is like a 3.0 version of a cyborg.
2: Well, you guys saw what yeah. they were doing with the uh, F1 cars earlier this year. Like, a few months ago, they were completely automated F1 cars. No one was driving them. And they were going around the track, and it was completely automation. And through the AI, they were able to input slight different variances of drivers and how they would drive the car, and they were
0: testing this out. There was a physical car going around the track, or is this all a
2: model? It looked the same. No, it was on a track, looked like an F1 car. It was going around, and there was an automated
1: driver. There was a series they were going to launch called Robo Race. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. (laughs) And and they looked like single-seater type race cars, but no driver yeah and they were fully autonomous. Which sort of sounds cool, but also to me just
3: sounds like
0: remote control cars. Mm-hmm. I was gonna but say <laughs> it's RC car racing. And but no even,
3: even worse because you <laughs> I love RC cars, but Yeah. True. And so then you get to all right, this is the fastest lap that they can all do. And then what?
0: Well and it could be modeled out and you would know before the race started the finishing order, barring a bird flying into the air intake of one of the
1: yeah. cars. Yeah, I guess the, the challenge was trying to do what some drivers can do, which is effectively beat the simulations, you know. Yeah. that That's what they do. I saw something on Instagram. It was a Hamilton qualifying lap from a couple of years ago, and they had the absolute perfect simulator lap, everything calculated, and he pulled out over, I think, a tenth of a second quicker than what they considered the absolute perfect lap. And I guess that's what the very best guys can do. So maybe if you're doing AI racing, it's... Can you cheat the system yeah. with with sort of human talent input somehow?
2: It would only be cooler if they could go so aggressive that there would just be countless crashes because no human life <laughs> is at risk. Mm-hmm. Could make it fun.
0: I only like this sport because of the characters driving the car. I mean, there's yeah, it's even ridiculous. teams I love, like Williams. Well, why? I love Albon, and I really like this Logan Sargent gentleman. Mm-hmm. And now, therefore, I love Williams. Speaking
3: of simulators, I have recently got into the F1 PlayStation 5 game. Oh. And I can't stop doing it. It's great? It's so fun. Really? It's impossibly fun. And I don't play video games. Couldn't tell you last time I played a video game got PS5 for my son for his birthday, clicking <laughs> around, and it was on there. I'm like, yeah, let me just see what this is all about. I've since gone to Best Buy. I have a steering wheel. You did get the steering wheel. Oh, yeah. Did it's the set The pedals up. are next. I have the pedals. Oh, oh, you do. I need a special. Are you going to build the rig? I need a pod. I need like a, a simulator. Well, well Red Bull sells You one. need a
1: full SIM system, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Need, we need a full SIM system. That's your place.
2: Uh, yeah, the Red the Bull Red one. 90 one. grand minimum. Goes up to 150 for the full wing front and the front wing, front wing. Yeah. And Aston Martin just also did one. So just that's really cheaper. Spent. I think that was like 60, 70, 50. 80 grand. Yeah. Eighty grand. So mine,
3: mine is attached to a sawhorse from my garage. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DIY. Yeah. Kind of yeah. how Toto would
0: do it. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. right. he would lift it. But if you guys notice they've got this, um, they've built some kind of apparatus onto like a Nautilus, I don't know, a cable weight system. And it's a steering wheel. And they're making these guys go left, right, left, right. And I'm curious, like, how much weight's on there? How hard is it to do? And they're just slamming it left, right, left, right. Yeah, and I've
3: seen one. I think the one I saw was with uh, Perez, but it was hard. So he wasn't going fast, but it was like he was cranking back and forth. And same. I'm like, how hard is, how much strength is required? And what if the
0: immediate race after all this training was just, a really uh, violent oversteers in yeah. every corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but have you guys tried the, Charlie, have you tried the neck training that those guys do? You must have seen the stuff I've they do. I've seen it. Where I they mean... Put like a skull cap on, and then they're, they're pulling on the, on the side of their head, basically, to simulate the G.
3: Yeah, we used to do that, like, in football. That was a big thing, and it was not that device but more like a leather strap and you would do all sorts of resistance to strengthen your neck but they do a ton of that and you can see a lot of those guys for being smaller they all have pretty thick
0: yeah oh that's definitely the giveaway of a formula one driver yeah as i've said it's not very obvious on tv but when you meet ricardo his neck is about the same width as his ears are sticking out from his head yeah okay so the things that i saw that i really liked was Someone did a graph. Again, this is um, hearkening back to last week, talking about Lewis saying that this Red Bull car is like (laughs) dominant on a level he's never seen. Well, now people have compiled all these graphs of Mercedes' dominant years. It said basically 2023, shocking as this may sound, is the most competitive year since 2009. If you just look at percentages. I
1: think one of the races, the qualifying sessions, was literally the closest ever grid because it was like 102% or something between the first and the and the last qualifying car. So, because in Formula One, they have a rule, 107% rule, which used to be talked about a lot when I first started watching. So if you qualified outside of 107%, you weren't admitted into the race oh. unless there were some special circumstances and the other teams had to agree to let you in. So oh. that's how big the spread wow. could be back in the day. But now it's tightened up so much.
0: Yeah, this is what I read said. AlphaTauri is the slowest team in 2023, but it's only 1.96% slower than Red Bull on average wow. lap time. In 2022, three teams were 2% slower than the fastest car. So based on that, only 2009 has had a more competitive grid than 2023.
1: The one thing I was reflecting on a bit is, I know I moan about certain things about F1, even though I love it. But if you take Red Bull are doing a fantastic job and you can't take it away from them, they've just done a better job than everyone else and they should be congratulated. But you go from Red Bull back and actually the potential for really close and good racing is very high this year. So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be positive that okay Max is going to win and they probably deserve it. They just they've built a better car, but I think. Merck, Ferrari, Alpine. There's all these subplots going on, and I I think it's great. Actually, it's it's been cool to see.
0: I think what's a tiny bit misleading about it. I mean, look clearly, the Red Bulls done, is a better car. That that's obvious. I'm not denying that, but I do think that it's a little misleading that the way it is good is when it has the DRS open. The, its yeah. arrow is such that where it does have an advantage, it's such a stark demonstration of it because it's it's like 12 miles an hour faster. But, you know, all the time is spent in the turns. And if that car isn't as fast as the Mercedes in the turn, there's nothing spectacular to see there. So I don't know, it might just also be a little bit misleading where it's faster.
1: I think it's faster everywhere. The truth is, the drag thing sounds like a magic button they found or something, but the DRS system basically dumps downforce, right? That's what it does. Mm. It gets rid of the downforce and gets rid of the drag. If you have a car that produces more downforce than everyone else's, it makes sense that when you open the rear wing and the downforce sheds, boom, you you get a bigger advantage in everyone. And that's the way F1 works. It isn't one thing. It's because you've made this whole solution oh. that's better. So if you've got the most downforce, you've also got the best DRS system because it dumps more downforce than anyone else. It gives you a bigger advantage.
0: That's a great point. Yeah, if your car's making zero downforce, and then you open DRS, nothing happens.
1: Their advantage is just everywhere. And I I listened to a thing, it was interesting, because we think, like, we talk about Adrian Newey and what a legend he is with Aero, which he absolutely is. But apparently for these new regs, he recognized early on that the suspension was going to be a hugely important factor, um, because it's all about keeping a completely stable platform. Not diving under braking or pitching under acceleration. So his main job, I think, um, although he oversees everything, he designed all the suspension for this mm. new platform, and that's what's allowed them to do it. So he's not—he is a downforce absolute god, but he does a lot more than that. The only way to stop Red Bull's dominance in future is for all the teams to get together and agree to pay Adrian Newey whatever he wants to retire.
0: <laughs> uh well there was uh, a comment from horner this last week about adrian newey's future at red bull and he wanted to make everyone know that there are no plans for him to leave uh he feels like he's got many years with his heart still being in red bull and they will never let him go uh, he wanted to make that clear <laughs> yep
1: not until they've downloaded him to ai anyway
0: mm-hmm Truly. Now, there is exactly the type of thing we could see <laughs> yeah. an Adrian Newey being replaced by AI. Yep. Oh.
3: Well, on that topic, George, again, it seems like Mercedes can't stay away from saying how much of an advantage Red Bull has. Yeah. It's in every single interview. And, and George said, you know, he thinks for sure they're holding back and that they're almost embarrassed to show their full potential. No reason for them to push so far this year. And he thinks they've got at least a 7 second advantage over the rest of the field. <laughs> and that they're just kind of sandbagging it. And to be fair, they haven't needed to push, but also, you know, it's like they can't they can't let it go.
0: That's They got a new reigning theory, which is, because first they said the car is so insanely dominant that n- we've never seen anything like it. Sound like tri- Trump, the likes of which you've never seen. That wasn't really catching any momentum because people pointed out there's been bigger gaps. So then they kind of switched the, the narrative to, well, actually they're only driving this thing at like 90% so that yep. they don't get punished. And I thought Horner's response to his Russell's comment was, was pretty great. funny. That's that's very generous of him. I mean, his team would know all too well about those kinds of advantages. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's also
3: funny that they are kind of giving each other compliments, but the mm. rivalry exists, so they cannot. Like he's got to give that little dig. Yeah. Like instead of saying, "Yeah, we're super proud of our car this year. We worked really hard." It's, yeah well, they would know about that advantage, you know. Like they can't <laughs> they can't give it to each other. They just gotta. Give a little dig in there,
2: Ted Kravitz. Well, we're talking about Red Bull. Ted Kravitz made a statement this week that he believes that Helmut Marko might be on his way out, and Sebastian Vettel might come in and take that place, which could be very interesting to have that happen at Red Bull.
0: I read that and I thought, where on earth did Ted get no this idea? He didn't really <laughs> reference no. Over there's no here reference whatsoever. Yeah, because because good old Ted Kravitz, he's quick to tell you like Yo, he's yeah. always at. He's it's it's never any info he got. At the circuit, it's always like he was in the elevator at the hotel, or he bumped into someone in the lounge and he got and he's kind of builds a a nice little theory. Mm-hmm. I'd
1: heard about this Helmut Marco thing before since the whole um death of Dietrich Matter shit I'm so bad at saying that, but um, I think it's Matter shit yeah, you go yeah, since yeah. he passed away. He was obviously Helmut Marco was his man, so he sort of had autonomy, could do whatever he wanted, had this weird, I don't even quite know how you explain the role but he was just there and he could make stuff happen because christian horn is obviously the team principal but he was sort of there to make stuff happen pull strings and now but dietrich's gone and he doesn't have that that line mm. in directly to the big boss and there's going to be more of a conventional corporate structure i guess i i just i think he probably won't stick around but yeah sebastian would be interesting maybe he's just
3: regretting retiring isn't he I mean, he could have been in that Aston Martin. I was going to say, Alonso's season doesn't help that feeling. You watch someone else step in and crush, then you're like, yeah.
0: Stay tuned for more F1 with DRS.
2: Hola. Hello.
3: This call is being translated.
2: Abuela, listen to what my phone can do.
3: Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede
0: hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow.
3: Wow. Now, tell me
0: about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I
3: said.
2: Language is no longer a barrier, thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer.
0: Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall,
3: America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you five dollars for every twenty you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine—you name it. Find out how to get your five dollar rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll: Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Have you ever wondered what it's like to bite into Nerds gummy clusters? They're fruity.
1: They're tangy. They're gummy. And they're crunchy. Nerds Gummy Clusters, a union of fruity, sweet gummy and tangy, crunchy nerds. Unleash your senses. Shop now at nerdscandy.com.
2: Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go!
0: In that Ted Kravitz thing when he was unveiling this theory of his, he said something kind of weird like basically saying he hopes Vettel keeps his word and stays retired because he's a man of honor or something. I'm like, what what does it matter? Come back. Do
2: whatever. Do what Alonso did. Go race all the races you can in every form of
0: car and come back. Yes, I mean— what if he had said that to Alonso in 18 and now we're watching like Ugh. probably the most exciting story in Formula One is, is Alonso now. I want everyone to come back.
3: And when people? since when do people get pissed that someone comes out of a tight, retire- when is that a thing? Yeah.
2: I want Grosjean to come back now. I just saw him at IndyCar this past weekend, got second. It was so fun to watch. It was him behind first place for 25 laps, one second difference. For 25 laps, these Indy cars would crash directly into tires. be almost half covered in tires. And you're like, well, F1, these guys are out. And then two seconds later, they're running around the track again, just reverse (laughs) under the tires and go. And I'm like, what is different about these cars around every corner? Everyone's spinning out and Mm. stays control. It was, it was super exciting to watch. I think on our off race weekends, we might need to start getting together and watching IndyCar.
0: Well, kind of, I mean, look—if ever there were a uh, a time where I'm up for anything, it'd be this stupid break we're in the middle of. <laughs> yes,
1: it's felt really long this week, hasn't it? It just—and we're still—are we two weeks away from a race still? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's
1: ridiculous.
0: God knows where AI will be by the time this race oh, yeah. kicks <laughs> off. You know, they might even be able to show us the race next week. Predict right. it. Yeah, yeah. Predict it. Show us a model indiscernible i saw a funny thing where they were asking formula one drivers what other occupation they would have if they were in racing oh yeah oh, yeah. Guys, yep. yeah it, it was a weird high occurrence of people saying they'd want to be architects architects one of thing i noticed yes. yes all of them yeah. why yeah. max gave my favorite answer he goes uh probably racing on two wheels yep <laughs> so he just changed it if you're not a race car <laughs> driver what would you be and he decided motorcycle race if, if cars were off the table for him, he'd have to go. To That's the wheels. scale
1: of his imagination. That's how <laughs> far away. <laughs> that just <laughs> demonstrates how
0: singular. the single-minded. <laughs> yep. I do have to say one thing I saw of Max uh this week that I just, to me, it, it really confirmed my hunch that he too is is driving AI. There was some communication between his race engineer and him that surfaced, and at the end of the correspondence, Max says to him are both Ferraris on a two-stop? And the race engineer says, correct. And then he goes, there's like a beat, and he goes, yeah, I I heard the impact guns in the background. (laughs) Like, he's driving, he's listening to his race engineer give him information, but what he really heard was the impact gun firing within earshot of his engineer, and he figured out, oh, Ferrari's on a two-stop. Yep. And I just thought, that, that demonstrates such next level. It kind of answers, because he seems to always know what's going on behind him too. Every time he gets out of the car, he's yeah. like, he knows everything that's happened between every other driver.
3: That just shows how easy the driving part is for him, that he has, <laughs> he has the space. You're right. To process all this other crap, and he's not worried about the The subconscious
0: is, is racing the race for yeah, him. Yeah, he's he has, free to think about anything uh-huh. else that's going on. Do you
1: think he's that guy who's just, raised the bar completely you know you get these generational uh-huh. people who come along i always think of it related to tennis but we ended up with federer nadal and jokovic and they all did it in their own way but it it completely changed the game forever schumacher did it uh-huh. back in the day i think there was a feeling that lewis was doing it but I, I think max is maybe just this this freak who is literally raising the bar and it could be a long, long time before it all, there's always such a lag before someone comes along and and does the same thing. And I feel like maybe he's that guy.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. That happened too in golf, right? Like where uh, Tiger all of a sudden, and Jordan, but like Jordan started weight training as did Kobe. And that was so confusing for people in the NBA. No one had previously done that. And then also Tiger did it. And all of a sudden he was like a jab golfer.
3: And competitive, like outwardly, you know, especially in golf it's so polite and there's this history this legacy all this nonsense but he came in and was like fired up competitive outwardly so lifted weights was in shape if he's not
0: golfing he's going to be doing something else that's going to ultimately help the golfing and similarly max all the videos i saw this week online were of him in his racing with his buddies yeah, racing against each other yeah yeah and then i imagine that's his girlfriend's daughter who comes and keeps uh, yeah. giving him kisses and stuff it's super cute very cute <laughs> but i'm like max is in a sim- he's like playing the video game that much when and that's his free racing. time that's his, his
3: fun time his social time Yeah, you're,
0: you're right jethro it's like he's taking it to like you got to be thinking about this and practicing this in some form or another 24 7 mm-hmm. but it's
1: funny the physical stuff isn't it because schumacher that's what schumacher did he came in and he Professionalism and training and discipline is what he had, and ever since that, everyone has followed it because it's the mold, it's the blueprint for being a success and a world champion. But Max is different; like he's not the robot trainer, which we've seen, and like we've seen his <laughs> yeah, workout. We saw his workouts, yeah. <laughs> but is it just like some sort of genetic advantage? You know, his mum was a superb, like super karting champion. Dad was a Formula One driver. It's like he's got it from somewhere else. It's not just, oh, he trains more and he's more professional. That isn't his thing. He's just got it built in somehow. Is he like I said, I don't know that anyone's going to be able to come along and, and match it for a long time.
0: There's I don't I don't know how much we can build off of this statement by Gunter, but Gunter made a statement regarding basically it being a, a sport of spoiled rich kids, right? He said, you know, money ultimately can't buy your way in. He gives Lewis, of course, is an example. Who's a famous example of a very blue-collar working-class kid who got into the sport and the talent got him to where he is. But he also used Max, and he said, even though his dad was a Formula One driver, he didn't have any money. I don't know if that's true. I I hope that's true because I would love to add to the list of like the (laughs) violence and the head breaking to also just pissing money away. That to me would round out the package so nicely. If he's like got a hot temper. He's a little. He eats too much. He's drunk a lot. He's and cracking a gambling
3: problems. <laughs> yeah, and
0: he's yeah, completely I insolvent. That. I love that recipe for the for Stavis. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the fact that um, Max went out and bought a fifteen million dollar airplane early in his career might tip that you know that that's the family tradition. I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll yeah, have to yeah. ask Yos about his finances when we finally <laughs> sit down with him.
2: <laughs> so I I was in Vegas last week and I had a very interesting cab drive. Uh, I was leaving from one casino to the other after I finished my work. The construction that day had begun for the Vegas Grand Prix. And it was already a disaster. And I was like, oh, are you going to stick around for the Vegas race? What are you going to do? He's like, I am getting the fuck out of here so fast. This is a mess. Like Day one of just lightly blocking off streets was an absolute disaster. This guy was driving through parking garages to get me to the hotel in double the time. It was crazy. But then um, this website, WTF1, released this article this week, and it said that very soon, 30,000 tickets are going to be released that are around $500 or a little bit under, and they will be called the Festival Zone. However, there is a catch. There will be no view of the track. <laughs> mm-hmm. 30,000 tickets mm. being sold. So what they were saying is this Las Vegas event is projected to make $1.3 billion. $1.3 billion. Compared to the Super Bowl does 600 to 800 million. It's just insane. And to me, it's like, there's no point of going to Vegas at all before that race. Like, could you imagine going there in three months if it's
0: already a mess? Like, it's... November is going to be here in two seconds. Yeah. Uh, Oh, similarly in Miami, (laughs) did you see where they were proposing (laughs) to put water on the track? Nature intervened and it had about three feet of standing water <laughs> All over the what will be the entire circuit yep. in three weeks. Oh really?
2: Insane. Oh yeah. Completely Alpinese. submerged.
0: <laughs> they they got twenty four inches of rain in an hour just north of where the track is. Yeah. Like wow. once they called it a one in a thousand year storm.
2: And then people are losing it cuz they're saying Vettel predicted this cuz last year at the Miami Grand Prix he wore a t-shirt, I don't know which day it was, but it actually said on it Miami 2060 First Grand Prix Underwater. <laughs> oh, it was enough. like a climate change <laughs> like, you know, kind sure. of thing he was doing, but yeah. one year later it's <laughs> it's water. Yeah. He's ahead of schedule. Driver. Well, did you see Zach Brown Racing? No. Zach Brown pulled what? out uh he, he I didn't realize Zach Brown has a massive car collection of racing cars yeah he does he only buys racing cars that have one Mm. and he has a 1981 vintage f1 car and there was at one of the things we didn't go for that but there was like a vintage f1 race where different f1 cars were just ripping around the track and he was there
0: he was driving yeah he got himself in there i mean i don't mean to name anyone but (laughs) yeah he he got
2: himself in there and i saw some video footage of him ripping around and then I looked at the comments of that video, and people were livid. <laughs> they were like, what the fuck are you doing there uh, when your team sucks? You got more shit to be doing, but it's like, <laughs> come on. You got a vintage F1 car, and you get the chance to drive it? You're he's jumping He's bored, on that.
0: too. He's on the same one-month break world. Yeah, you can and he's technically
2: probably working there. Like, he does something with does. Well, McLaren do something has a car. And,
0: yeah. And, and, uh... They were real middle of the road on that race, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's good to see that they're consistent the consistency. The <laughs> yeah. Since we're talking about see other racing leagues, I'm going to come back to, I know this is now um, surfacing as a bit of a, an obsession of mine, but mm-hmm. here we go. Last weekend was the MotoGP yeah. race at CODA, Circuit of the Americas, and I've watched them race there many times. I've gone in person and I now found myself interested in a way I've never been in the lap times. Okay. Because as we talked about, mm-hmm. the IndyCar car is 14 seconds slower than the F1 car around there. Well, I was watching the MotoGP times and boy, they were eight seconds faster than the NASCARs. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So I pulled up the fastest quality times of all the different race leagues at Coda, And I, I just find this really interesting for whatever reason. So Formula One, the fastest lap time ever was a 132 in quali by Botas. And I think it's worth saying that it had a top speed of 214 miles an hour. Indy did a 145. That was their fastest quality. Uh, Moto had a 201, but their top speed last weekend was 221. And I think that's worth pointing out that if you can imagine Botas and the motorcyclists just completely exposed to all the elements, no halo, no nothing would blow by him like he were standing still. Those guys really deserve a round of applause. They're the craziest motherfuckers on planet earth, period. It's wild. So just to line them all up, F1's a 132, Indy's a 145, MotoGP's a 201, and NASCAR's a 210. So same gap between MotoGP and Indy that there is between NASCAR and MotoGP. So I just find that fascinating. Mm. If I If I find out anyone rides a bicycle or a go-kart around that track, I will also report those (laughs) times, too, because this is my new obsession.
1: It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's huge, the difference. That's what braking and downforce does for you.
0: Well, also four contact patches versus two tiny skinny contact patches
1: they're, they're getting um they're getting wings on MotoGP gp now aren't they there's there's controversy yeah. about the aerodynamics and everything on those as well they're creating dirty air and spoiling the show some people say but the MotoGP gp racing is great
0: i think about nine ten years ago yeah ducati was the first one because they just had this fucking workhorse motor that was a bullet in the straight line and then just wouldn't sit down in corners <laughs> Like we, we need arrow on this thing it just will not handle through the chassis and yeah, all the bikes now have some little bit of aero. I encourage people to check out MotoGP because if your frustration with F1 is that it's like every team slots 1 2 then 2 3, you know. Mm-hmm. MotoGP it's a grab bag, man. The winner was Alex Renz on a Honda. Yes. All the other Hondas were in last place. I don't we don't know how Alex got what he got out of that Honda, but it's just it's very high adrenaline action packed racing. And
1: F1 is the, the opposite. As it's got safer, which is obviously a good thing, the driver has become more and more hidden. You don't see the driver working uh-huh. the wheel. You, you you can't see what they're doing, whereas the bike racers, they're using their whole body all the uh-huh. time, completely exposed. You see the physicality of what they're doing. And we definitely have lost a bit of that in F1 just because obviously the safety cell and everything else, You just you just can't see the physical work going on.
0: Yeah, and you used to, it's really easy to see the progression in MotoGP. Because if you look at footage from the 80s Grand Prix motorcycle racing, the guys had a knee down. That's what they had. They were dragging a knee. Now these guys are dragging their elbow, their knee, and they're almost touching their shoulder. The lean angle is 57 degrees on the motorcycle. I mean, it's literally almost 90 degrees laying flat. It's so wild. They're just scraping their entire body through every turn. I want to make an exciting announcement and I just want to propose what could happen. I don't want to get anyone too excited. But first and foremost, Charlie and I, we're going to be in Miami and we have been granted FIA. What's it called? Press? Press Accreditation. (laughs) Accreditation. (laughs) We've received FIA accreditation. We applied and we have received it. I don't know that there's any other podcast that's going to be in the paddock with this accreditation. This is very exciting. We're going to try to get all kinds of wonderful statements, quotes, interviews, Mm -hmm. the whole nine yards. But that really pales in comparison for what I'm going to suggest might happen in Montreal, because it looks like we might be going to Montreal as well. And it was suggested by a good friend of mine, who's pretty high up in Chrysler, that Matt cut Botas's mullet, give him a, a new mullet can't wait and we record it and maybe interview him while he's receiving this new mullet from matt and i just feel like if that happens matt can you even imagine a a higher pinnacle of your haircutting career
2: well i think the real pinnacle will be is if i change it enough that he has to repaint his helmet and my haircut (laughs) is displayed on his helmet that would be i would really encourage that i can maybe get a copy of that helmet Mm. that would be like my academy award it will be it would be way better oh, than a way more. better.
0: Yeah, if you gave Botas an even more obnoxious haircut and it was the talk of the paddock in it, Canada,
2: it, yeah, in my home country, oh my that God. would just and be if the you icing do it on the cake. Pre
3: race and he crushes. Oh, that's oh. I
2: literally thought about that last night. I was <laughs> I like, mean, "What if I give him a haircut and he wins, the and then haircut my hair you gotta- haircut, <laughs> and then I have to go to every race and do a pre haircut <laughs> hey, like this?" We might lose you.
3: We, we, we <laughs> might lose you to this. this.
2: No, because then hopefully I'll just cut all the driver's hair and then that will just be my job and then I w- we know it's a new aspect of you know Matt interviews these drivers as
3: he cuts their hair and makes them and races. in 10 years when it everyone's reviewing Botos and how he got to be the the most famous uh, <laughs> F1 driver it'll be tracked back to that first moment mm.
0: <laughs> the fastest haircut ever given uh-huh. oh yeah uh you know Charlie, it does beg the question, why aren't you training anyone in F1? I think if both of you could somehow just transfer seamlessly into the F1 world, that could be a thing for Jezro and I to watch.
3: Yeah. Well, let's work on that.
2: Definitely didn't have that on my list of goals when I started in the hair world, <laughs> is yeah. that. That was... How oh, could you? have? It's like yeah, you, you couldn't imagine? have
0: predicted. It. No, no. But <laughs> Jethro, what are we? What service are we going to offer? I don't, I feel like we're completely left out on this.
1: I know. I I don't know what we can do really. What? what who's desperately in need of something that we can offer? You could maybe drive a you know supply
3: van. Supply van. One of the teams. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's true. You've got experience hauling equipment. Yeah, they we to pitch that. Yeah, as the yeah. budget cuts, you know, It's already on your resume. Somewhere. Fiercer. Speaking of budget cuts, I uh, just want to. Uh, flag that there's more whining about the sprint coming up in Mm. baku should that race ever arrive and um, this week uh, christian made a statement uh, about it fucking up the the budget cap again and then of course now russell loves them he's on record george russell Mm -hmm. is now he loves the sprint of course yep. one other thing i think is worth clearing up we kind of corrected it but our analysis of Yos, uh, after Checo won at Jeddah, mm-hmm. was that he was a dick. Then it turns out there was some footage of him shaking hands and Checo came out this week and made a statement I think is worth reading. He said, I have a good relationship with Yos. Uh, we respect each other. We know this is a sport and that is how we treat it. We shook hands, but they probably didn't show that. I saw a few things were written on social media, but sometimes people like to create stories that mm. don't exist. He wasn't smiling much. But you don't have to smile every day and all the time.
3: It's funny this gets so much attention to me. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know I love why. It. Like Absolutely, it's yeah. not two drivers. No, nope. it's a driver uh-huh. and <laughs> some dad that is not involved, other than he's just there. Like he's not.
0: He's <laughs> overly involved, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is front and center. He's just front and center. But, I mean, he's <laughs> he not sits next the to Horner with the headset. He does. on.
3: <laughs> he's on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a guy you
1: need to get hold of in Miami. Yeah. With your I, I, accreditation. Yeah. We'll probably have to hit
3: the strip club to.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or maybe there's a local tough man competition going on that he's entered. Little- Rumor those are just yeah. normal dudes would fight each Backyard other. Backyard fights. Construction worker mm-hmm. and a cashier from Starbucks. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who had a mix up. Okay. Is there uh, any pulp from the paddock? I guess that's all we've really been talking yeah, about. Yeah.
2: I I, we covered a couple. Okay. I got another one. So I think it's an ongoing story. We had another piss story.
0: Oh, um, yeah,
2: it's really. it's it's a vintage <laughs> piss story. Mm. So, um, it surfaced on a video I saw this week. Nelson Piquette was a urine prankster. I didn't realize. Oh. he pitted during a practice session complaining there was fluid in his cockpit. So his mechanic graciously put his finger in the fluid and tasted it, thinking it was brake or clutch fluid. Nelson then burst out laughing, saying that he had just relieved himself in the cockpit. What a guy. So what a guy. Like, a guy. I,
3: if that was me as a
0: mechanic, yeah. we there would have been a fight for sure yeah. right there.
3: Also, are you think, supposed to be tasting uh, brake fluid? I was just going to say, <laughs> you
0: know, of the three fluids that it could have been that was in his mouth, the urine was definitely the safest Yes, yeah. all uh, of them. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, I don't know.
0: That's a very broad interpretation of the word prank. That'd be like if I came up and that's just cold-cocked yes. you when yeah. you were looking at a bird, and I was like, Absolutely. oh my God, I remember that time I pranked Matt yeah, it was I him <laughs> with a two-by-four in the back when he wasn't looking, <laughs> and I shit in his pillowcase. That was a good prank. Uh, it was
2: that's like, just being a dick. That's yeah, not a that's prank. That's being a dick. Aggressive. Yeah, it was
0: like years ago my friends
2: were like, Let's all eat mushrooms, and we ate mushrooms, and then I find out two days later that I was the only one that took mushrooms, and they <laughs> thought it would be funny to not do mushrooms, and I was livid. It was like, listen, I wouldn't have done them if I knew that we were all not doing this. So uh, that's
0: hopefully. why you're not in recovery now. Yes, exactly. I'd be happy to do everyone's <laughs> mushrooms. I don't give a fuck what anyone else is doing as long as I have all the drugs. <laughs> oh man.
2: Um An interesting statistic I saw popped up. This woman I follow, F1 Tony. Salesforce dropped a statistic online saying it was 5% years ago, but now it has moved to only 1% of F1 fans will ever be able to go to an F1 race. Mm. That is a, I knew it was low, but I did not realize it was that low. And obviously seeing the cost of Vegas and different things,
0: that's crazy. But couldn't we reverse engineer that statistic? I don't know that that says anything about the price as much as how the sport the has grown how because of, they're already growing, at yeah. capacity Seven, yeah how do you make it bigger yeah so to me that statistic would suggest that the sport has grown five acts mm-hmm.
1: yep i think they're saying the new drive to survive series is getting bigger viewership than ever as well so it's growing it's continuing to grow even yeah. in this drive to survive era it keeps going up
0: and you got my number one, Brad Pitt, now making a Formula One movie, which some, yeah. some of the uh, higher-ups at the FIA were saying it's going to be a very invasive process. I think they're, they're headquartered, Jethro, by you. They're at Silverstone, and they're shooting stuff there. But they're going to be shooting this movie this season. They're going to be using a lot of the real races and in getting involved. Yeah, That's
2: pretty exciting. Isn't this next race, you or could, was it Australia they were doing some? I oh, heard. were they? I think it was Australia, or this race coming, mm. that is the first time they're going to do be shooting some of that footage. I don't know which one, if it already happened or if it's happening.
1: They'll be in Miami, so you need to make sure there's some F1 DRS merch going on in that
2: film. Mm. For sure. Mm. That'd be Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. On that same topic of races, an audience question was,
0: what is the experience like attending a live race? I'm the wrong person to ask because um, it's completely unfair, the version of the Mm -hmm. race I've experienced. I also, I want to say for the record, it's completely unfair that we got an accreditation from the FIA. There are so many great Formula One podcasts. Mm -hmm. I've listened to a lot of them. They're fucking great. If I were them, I'd be so pissed that we Mm -hmm. got this. So I just want to acknowledge that that is true. It's not fair. And um, I apologize, but It would be more insane for me not to go as a journalist if given the opportunity. So, I I mean, I feel a little bad, but at the same time, of course, I'm going to take it. But my experience, as was yours and Charlie's, Mm -hmm. was, you know, Red Bull hosted us, so they picked us up in a golf cart and uh, drove us from the parking lot directly to the hospitality suite and it was a fucking blast i loved it so you know i hate that that's the case if everyone can have that experience i really recommend that everyone yeah. go to a race.
3: but there are a couple of things that are probably universal um mm-hmm. in that especially miami and i'm sure it's you know track specific but the vibe is so miami there they really uh, make yeah. i mean they've got the music the people the weather was so much they're swimming there's swimming, there's <laughs> pools, there's concerts. I mean, it's pregnant. People are Miami. getting pregnant. People are yeah. having babies. Yeah, but then also you can see like the chunks of fans. We were next to I think they were Ferrari throwing the red smoke mm-hmm. grenades everywhere, and it's just a party everywhere.
0: The only thing you have to, I would honestly say, and I've only been to three races now, but I will say you have to set your expectations accurately, which is I can't actually consume the race wall mm-hmm. there with the yeah. level of detail you can at home that right. commentary yeah. is so vital to what's happening i feel like i miss 90 percent of what happens in the race when yeah, we're I was there gonna live. Say, it's
1: almost no level of detail that mm-hmm. you
3: get when you're there live, no. really, unless you sit there with with an earpiece in
0: listening yes. to commentary or something and there were
1: it's,
3: a few, it's the only way there were a few like boards like big screens throughout the track that you can watch the broadcast you can only watch it you can't hear it yeah, yeah. but the chunk of track that you see is nothing. So yeah, and they're, especially where
0: we're at Miami, right? It was at the end of yeah. a straightaway. They're coming in at like two hundred miles an hour, so it's like it's, it's just a blur of it. And I'm the guy who ends up inside the hospitality suite, staring at the TV, wishing everyone would shut the fuck up. And then I admit to myself, I, I prefer to be at home, really. Yeah, yeah, because I'm just too into it, and right. to miss but, out but on did the you, audio between the engineer and the drivers mm, is such that a for me is
3: I could deal. I don't need the the analyst talking as much as I want that yeah. the radio
0: talk. It's always our favorite part of the race.
2: Yeah. And I think that's what you need to I think that's my suggestion to people that go. Bring headphones and listen to it as you're watching it. You're going to get that different experience mm. and be able to kind of get the best of both worlds and also just be prepared for the most insane traffic mm-hmm. arriving to a race. Like <laughs> the, to be honest, the most fun I've ever had at one of the races is me and Dax basically racing to the race
0: yeah um. we had a great conversation in the driveway of the rental house which was about 40 minutes from the track mm-hmm. and i did what did i I said what's your you said, comfort level? yeah what's your what's your comfort level of getting wild on this car right because matt was following and he said it's really high and yeah. i said okay i'm gonna go for it um jethro we were driving through parking lots through ditches we were going through neighborhoods <laughs> we i mean it was cutting off it was like, like we were running from the law <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: And yeah. it was, I was riding passenger, like,
0: and it was were two. Were you with Matt or with me? I was with Matt. And it was mm. two hours of that. Yeah. Nonstop. And I was so impressed with Matt. I had not seen that side of him. But every time I took like a curb and went through a gutter or a, rather a ditch or something, I thought, well, Matt's going to be out now. And no, I'd look behind him and there he was right on my bumper.
2: Yeah. And impressive. we even we even created like a code word in the car because the girls were getting a bit freaked out. <laughs> sure. So when I'd see you make a move, I would have to yell, Awesome. And the girls would know to be prepared for something crazy to happen. And still to this day, I have to say awesome in the car if I'm about to
0: make a big pass or do something. Yeah. We really went for it. We didn't make any friends that day.
2: No. And I showed up with like my adrenaline was already going. So I was set up. And that was like our first kind of excursion out of COVID. So it was already exciting Mm -hmm. to be
0: around that many people and everything that was going on. What is Silverstone like, Jethro? You have a ton of spectators right
1: yeah silverstone's awesome actually it's like a festival silverstone i guess cuz it's one of the oldest tracks and it's like traditional and the british fans are pretty geeky about they know a lot about the history and about the drivers and everything yeah so it's great it's it's like a big party atmosphere there's 250,000 people there wow. it's either boiling hot or pissing with rain there doesn't seem to be <laughs> anything in between so it's but silverstone as a track the one thing I'd say about watching F1 cars in person is you get us just an understanding of how they can change direction at speeds that don't look real. It it doesn't look real the way they can just turn into corners and Silverstone's yeah. first.
0: Is it turn 9 that has the 7 flat? I mean, yeah, yeah, so cops
1: is 8th gear now in qualifying at flat gear. And it's it's a it's a tough if you drive it in a on a track day or something you might do 100 mile an hour around it at the apex or something. And these guys are flat in eighth gear. And then the complex. If you want to watch the raw... Unbelievable energy that a Formula One car can generate and control. Watching it through Cops and then the complex onto the Hangar Straight is something else. It doesn't look real. It's it's mega.
0: I I think that's my favorite turn in Formula One. It's the track I most want to go see. I just can't believe they're hanging a right at two hundred miles an hour in the car. Stays. It's mega. Yeah. And, and
1: and the other thing is down the Hangar Straight. There's a right hander at the end. And again on a track day, you'll be like breaking at couple of hundred meters changing down a couple of gears they turn into this fucking corner that's like a tight right-hander before they break so they turn and then they break you cannot believe what these things can do so it's great i yeah silverstone is one you should go to i think all the old tracks are probably spa you know silverstone monza they're the ones to go to if if you want to get a taste of what the cars can do. Yeah, maybe that old school atmosphere as well. Those those tracks are great. The only thing they miss out on at the moment, the first time I went as a kid, I remember, is the noise. Like, the Uh, noise. And that's what everyone used to say. It's just like, it blows your mind that the noise those old V10s would make, or the V8s, or even the turbos before them, and, and the various different engines we've had over the years. So I wish with the new formula, they'd somehow get back to that. I reckon if we can get e fuels and V tens, we'd be we'd be back in heaven.
2: You know, I got a fun fact about RPMs we're talking about. I learned this last week. Exciting for me, the Dyson blow dryer, the motor that it has in it, yeah, the revolutions are five times faster than an
0: F one car. That doesn't shock me, Matt, because yeah. you're looking at an electric motor versus <laughs> yeah, internal But combustion. it is fast. <laughs> yeah, it is fast. It Once was again, just excited to relate. Is brought to you by Dyson.
1: <laughs> It's
0: incredible. <laughs> Any uh companies you want to pitch Jethro? I got to throw it in. <laughs> Uh, I'm
1: just going to mention them too. Maybe I'll get a contract. Sounds great. uh,
0: Yeah, you're so close. It'd be absolutely foolish for you not to represent Mm. them in some capacity. (laughs) It'd be foolish (laughs) for them. Yeah, yeah. They got Matt fucking nine thousand miles away. (laughs) Well, I think that kind of will will that'll keep us busy uh, until next week, which is a pre race week. Yeah. Which finally is it a pre? Yes, it is. It is. Okay, I've lost track. Okay, so next week will be pre race. Hopefully, we'll have a lot of different updates on what teams are bringing to that race, what controversies have started brewing between now and then. We look forward to hearing everybody. And uh, again, we're so excited. We are accredited. Mm. We we are press. T-shirts. If you ever see us, I want you to refer to us as journalists. Jethro already had that honor, but now we have it too. So, fuck you, Jethro Bovington. You're not the only hotshot journalist anymore. You're not anymore. the only journalist
3: in this joint.
0: And you're not cutting Botoss's hair. So, yeah, you know, tough time. week for you. This, this one didn't go your way. Keep cutting your own hair. I love everybody. I love you boys. And remember, between now and then, do push, 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 push.